You know, no one likes to be judged by anybody, but in everything we do, everything is a judgment call. And even a lot of people that know you for a long time are still making judgments on you and people you don't know. And there's things you want to accomplish and things you need people to look at you a certain way for. And that can create a ton of anxiety and really wear you out when you think about everything you do comes with some kind of judgment even before you get it. And we're going to talk about that today and how you can really dissect that and certain things you can do that no matter what you're trying to do, you can really just stay focused on doing what it is you want to do and not losing your mind trying to do it. We're going to talk about that right now. It's time for the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Stress, and I know whether you're starting a small business, you're a solopreneur, or a leader in a large company, you need to collaborate with people. I want to help you make those collaborations fulfilling, productive, and as profitable as possible. So every Monday morning, we'll drop a new podcast episode to do just that. So let's get into today's discussion. Welcome everybody back to the Leadership Lifestyle Podcast. Appreciate you so much for tuning back in. And today I was thinking this past week about just being judged in general for anything. And we're going to get into some examples here, but everything you do in life, and I mean everything, comes with some level of judgment. Like some of it could be super quick that people know you or they know you have a certain talent or a certain way of doing things. And it's just done that they know you can handle it or they know you're the right person. But in so many things more that we do, that's not the case that there is way more judgment and there are a lot of things you really, really want. You really want to get that job or some appointment to a board or you name it. It could be anything. And it, it just can really wear you down. And we are judged absolutely everywhere. And a lot of things with that are just normal stuff. And they look at you a certain way and you are a certain way based on how you behave. And, and then a lot of it's fine. But when it really comes to those super important things you you want to do, that's kind of where it starts to get real dicey, real anxious. You want to present yourself in a certain way. And, and, and you know, there's a lot of hope with that. And just thinking about different things that you're judged for. So of course, this is a leadership podcast. So ordinarily, we always think about work. So we think about evaluations at work or promotions. And back in podcast 19, I even talked about, do we even really need to do evaluations anymore? I mean, after all, we work with somebody side by side all day long. Why do we need to go back and reevaluate it? But that's just kind of a side note. But when you think about things at work and you think about your role in that, like how are you showing up to kind of prove you want to go where you want to go? Or maybe you start working for somebody that doesn't see you for who you are, no matter what you do. Like if you're not in a certain club, and I don't mean a club like you actually have membership, but you know what I mean at work. In some places, unfortunately, the culture isn't strong and it isn't really about results. It's more about, are you in their club or not? Meaning, are you in their circle? And it almost doesn't matter what you do. But a lot of times we think about what we need to do, what we need to present, how we do our jobs and lead other people, hoping they will look at us like we're the right one for that fit. But there's a, a lot of other things when you look at judgment of things that we try and do as humans to convince other humans that we are the right choice, even though we're competing with so many other people. And you think about, think about a court trial, for example. 
example, you're going on, hopefully this doesn't happen to you, but if it does, you're going on trial and you're trying to convince a jury through all kinds of things, some legal, some just theatrics, that you're, you're not guilty. Or you think about being that juror and are you believing this person of what you're hearing about them? And that's kind of a really large scale way of what we kind of do in micro moments with people around us that we're constantly doing that kind of thing. I mean, how many times have you heard that saying when a decision hasn't been finalized and they say, oh, the jury's still out on that one. I mean, that's just a normal reaction on is this what we're looking for or not? And you think about how would you plead your case? And in some cases... (laughs) You know, like when you're really trying to get something, you feel like that's exactly what you're doing and you wish you had a better attorney or a better agent to plead on your behalf that you are the right person for the job. And that could be for anything. Think about running for election, though, and trying to convince a mass amount of people which really it's a lot different than that where a lot of corporate sponsorships and things like that and powerful friends and all that kind of stuff. But really on a large scale, trying to convince people, why should you have that position? And are you more of a politician when it comes to stuff like that? And most people can kind of smell that. They can smell the rat, if you will, that you know, what I've always said in the past is if you want to know if a politician really is your type of person, could you say what they say at work? Like when your boss asks you a question, whatever kind of answers they're giving, could you give those answers? Because a lot of times politicians don't give straightforward answers and you don't have this trust connection. And that's where a lot of this stuff kind of goes off the rails. But think about other things. Like, for example, the show The Voice, where people that nobody really knows, they're not famous yet or anything like that, and they come on this television show and they perform. And you have a panel of people who obviously are uber famous and uber talented in what they do, deciding if they're going to work with them and help them and, and all those things. And a lot of people come on and their their voices are amazing. And it's just a matter of if they could just get those people in front of the right other people, the magic would happen. But think about some famous people you've heard of that kind of just did that on their own organically, that if they were on that show, do you think they would even win? So don't send me any hate mail. But the fact is, there's some singers that are famous that really don't have the perfect voice and clarity and things like that. So don't hate on me, but these are just some examples. So you think about how unique they are, which is a compliment that nobody could actually sound like them. So you think about John Fogarty from Creedence Clearwater Revival or Janis Joplin or Kenny Chesney. They're not exactly note hitters, but they have their own certain style that makes total sense when you listen to the kind of music they produce. Like you feel it. And and so they organically grown themselves to be a certain brand. But then there's others that have gone on to be famous. Like you think about Carrie Underwood or, or, or Adele, that they're perfect voices, right? But they still had to go on this show to get discovered. And maybe, well, I don't think Adele did, but Carrie Underwood did. But they, they I'm sure they would have eventually become famous. But you, you listen to those singers and they are just like, perfection when it comes to vocals. But either way, all the people I mentioned are super famous, but but yet they made it in kind of their own way. So is it better just like you have to be perfectly one way or can you just build your brand for who you are in another sense? And you think about a lifetime commitment, like getting married, having a spouse and thinking about all the other things I talked about, whether it was running for office or you want to try to be famous. So you're trying out being a singer or trying to get a 
promotion at work and you're thinking about lifetime commitment and how do you convince somebody to have a lifetime commitment with you and how much do you have to prove who you are? Talk about the ultimate judgment. I mean, when you really sit there and think about it, of course, a lot of things when you're first deeply, madly in love, it's that's really guiding you. But hopefully you've taken the time to really figure out who this person is, how they think, how they act. And, and so sometimes it's just hard to tell, but you're making this lifetime commitment. Could you do that with the other things? And a lot of us, we're never going to work in the same place the rest of our life. Or even if, unfortunately, some people run for office and never leave because, well, there's all kinds of other reasons about that, but we wish they would. But a lot of times we, we don't even get on that level of what could we do for a lifetime or what I've always told all of you in, in multiple podcasts. It doesn't necessarily matter what your expertise is, marketing, accounting, whatever. But if you're leading other people, your true profession is leadership and you can do that in multiple different ways. It doesn't even have to be at work. And that's the difference. Can you make a lifetime commitment to something at a higher level that guides you through everything? Because as you try to do different things, whether it's a different job or just something totally different altogether, you're going to get judged by other people. And should they pick you and why. And you think about the lifetime commitments you can make are things like what type of person am I? How do I behave? How do I interact? And this this leads me to think about the five dogs that I always talk about, the five disciplines of growth success. You can go to podcast number 12 to get all five of those. But basically, the fifth dog, if you will, is called community. And that is no matter what you are, whether your strength is an individual, whether you have a high level of technique in something, whatever you bring to the table, at some point you have to interact with some kind of community. It could be super small, could be very large. Again, so you think about a performer, well, they're trying to sell records across America and around the world. Um, same thing with actors, movies all over the place, things like that. So their scope is much larger. And most of them, honestly, if you really think about it, most actors don't spend a lifetime acting. In other words, they're not good enough or consistent enough always just be in film and never do anything else. It's actually kind of rare, even though it doesn't seem that way. But when you think about the community dog of how do you show up in community, followed by number four, which is mindset, because you need a strong mindset to not get derailed. So go back to podcast number 12 to get all five of those. But every time you step out in what you can do, the very last thing is how do you show up in a community? So real quick, just to go through the five dogs. So the first one is in influence or strength. In other words, how much can you move? How much can you make happen? So strength, meaning if you're just doing something on your own, how much can you get out? How much can you produce? Or influence if you're leading a group of people and make things happen. That's number one. Now, dog number two is called conditioning. And what that is, is like how long can you do it for? In other words, you can solve one problem once or make something happen once, but how long can you do it for before you really become disinterested or it doesn't seem to matter as much as it did before. It's just that long-term consistency. And number three is technique. How good are you at what you do? Or can you learn new things to become better? Number four is that mindset. 
of how you show up, how you handle problems, how you handle defeat, how you handle victory. You got to handle that right too, not just the defeats in, in order to, to, to be grounded. So when you have all four of those things going on, well, that's just you internally, right? That's just you as a person. But then you show up in the community and it could be a work community. It could be just some group you meet with. Like I belong to a, a pilot's group. It doesn't pay me any money, obviously. I mean, I just fly for fun, but it's still another group and how I show up in that group matters. How I interact with that group matters um, and things like that. So you, when you think about any time you get out in a community, but that's where a lot of the judgment starts to set in is how when once you start going down a path of whatever it is you want to do, that's when that judgment starts to come in. And one of the biggest hangups with that is most people hate self-promotion. You know, you start talking about being seen. And, and this is a really big problem because here you are trying, you, you know, you're going to get judged, right? But you hate self-promoting yourself at the same time. You hate kind of tooting your own horn, which hopefully you don't love promoting yourself. Hopefully you're not a narcissist, but at some point you have to do some of that to show what you can do. That's the hard uh, conundrum that you're faced with. Like you think about social media influencers. And I know I've said this before and I really, I'm really not trying to pick on a lot of them, but like one thing that I just could never do. And you see this a lot in some, some social social media influencers is like they always have these still pictures of themselves. They're not looking at the camera. They're just doing something innocuous, like, like making a salad and they're looking off in the distance or smiling at, at nothing in particular. And then there's some phrase underneath about, you know, living your best life, being your best self or whatever. And it's just, I don't know, it just strikes me as weird, but that's like a self-promotion thing. It's like, what, what is with that picture? Or somebody just staring off into the sky, like they're having some deep thought, but then there's some quote of somebody totally different next to their picture. And it just doesn't make sense to me. But at some point you got to find that balance of being okay to self-promote a little bit of asking for things. You think about people in sales, imagine talking about a product or talking about a company's service to, to another person, another company or, or a potential customer, but you never ask for the sale. You never say, here's here's what I need you to do. Here's what I'd like you to do. And we ought, we do that with ourselves so often. And I'm 100% guilty of this, where I'll get in some moods thinking, how do they not see my performance? I got a decision coming up and they can pick somebody to do it. How do they not see it? And I, I don't ask for it. And I don't, I put things out there to show I can do it, but I don't kind of finish that. I don't say, hey, I really want this and here's why. Because I hate self-promotion. I can't stand it. And most people can't either. But there has to be that balance in there. Or you're never going to get past the, I hope they just like me. Or the one thing that really makes me cringe is the whole fake it till you make it phrase. I cannot stand that phrase because when you really go down that road, because there's here's a difference of that is when you say, I tell people all the time, you want to be working in a way that it looks like you're doing the next role even before you get it. But I mean that in an honest way, not the boss is out for the day and you're sitting in that person's chair. I'm talking about really thinking on that level, thinking on something more important than just your little inner circle. So you're not faking it till you make it. You're actually like doing some of the things to go in that direction. But the fake it till you make it is like, that's just like intentionally, I'm just going to act like it. And are you really honest with yourself when you're doing that? I don't think so. And I really kind of hate that phrase because of that. But once you are in, one of the things you really have to prepare for into what you get is stagnation, a comfort zone of what it is you want. And, and getting it sometimes can give you that. When you get to that pinnacle point that you thought, well, now that I'm here, well, 
if if just changing your job title or something might be a short-term boost in the arm, but it does it's not going to solve anything if your mindset doesn't change on what it is you're truly passionate about and things you want to do. Like I said earlier, like what is your lifetime commitment? Do you look at it as, hey, this is a step in the total picture? Or do you think, oh, I got to this step, I can stop now, like going halfway up the stairs. It doesn't really work when you think about it. And then you have to start getting into some other things that is also uncomfortable. Sayings like who you know versus what you give. So I want you to think about, if you, it is, it's been a while since this movie's come out, but the movie Rudy, and by the way, the book is actually better than the movie. It gives a lot more details, which a lot of people would say the book's always better than the movie. And obviously you can't make the whole movie like the book or the movie would be like three different movies. But think about how, hard Rudy fought to get noticed. How much abuse he took, self-abuse, slept in, in locker rooms because he didn't have anywhere to go. All what, what he really gave to get to where he wanted to be versus just knowing the right people. But there was a pivot point of getting in front of the right people that finally made that happen. But I think we all, just like we don't like to do self-promotion, we always know that phrase about it's not what you know, it's who you know. And I don't like that phrase either even though there's a lot of truth to it. But I think you have to bring that that second part up a little bit about what you know still has to get better. And then being able to take that and get that in front of the right person. So I think about a lot, like I hear John Maxwell talk about all the time that when he talks to somebody that's super successful, one of the questions he says he always asks that person is, who do you know that I should know? That obviously he doesn't know at the point. Like who else should I, who, who, who should I meet? And he's openly asking for a connection. And a lot of us, I, I, I probably would struggle with asking that question. But when you think about it, and you think about the, the knowledge and the talent that, that John Maxwell already has, he, has, he gets to bring that with him. He's just saying, how do I get in front of the right people? And that's really the sense you want to you want to focus in on not so much about it's not what you know, it's who you know. It's you want to continue to grow what you know. So when you do get in front of the who you know, it matters. Again, I talked about this, I think, in a podcast or two before. This one about, well, if I meet somebody super famous, but I don't have the talent that they have, like singing. I do not have that talent. Well, then fine. We'll have a great conversation, but nothing will become of it. It's not like I'm going to be their backup singer. But in things I do have talents in, or I'd like to think I have talents in, if I meet somebody that's way further ahead than I am in that, and they see something in me, then maybe I can do something. So when you think about things you're trying to accomplish and what you can bring to the table, don't forget the part about when you think about it's not what you know, it's or it's, it's who you know. You still have to amplify the what you know. So when you get in front of the who, you're prepared to actually bring something to the table. And never forget, it takes stages to get on stages. Oftentimes we we want that higher level position and we we, we don't think about really the mechanics of getting it. Or you can look at a lot of things and say, you know what? I know I could do what they do. And you probably would be right. But are you willing to accept like starting at the bottom, starting at the beginning. You think about switching companies, it's a very big gamble for them when they're hiring you in at either a higher level position or even the same one because they honestly don't know your track record. You can prove a lot of it and maybe even through some questioning, they can know whether you really know what you're talking about or what you're doing or things like that. And of course, the things would be different. Like if you have the type of job where you publish things or whatever, but really they're taking a risk. And a lot of times when you switch companies, 
companies, you don't necessarily start lower. Hopefully you can convince them to start you higher. But even a lot of times, even with your own company, you think about the stages it takes to get on stages, especially with a lot of companies that typically hire from within and promote from within. You need to be able to do that and be humble enough to do that. As you go through all these feelings, there is such a normal natural tendency to just start thinking, why me? Why? I mean, some people are the opposite because they think they're just, you know, like I said, a little bit on the narcissist side. But most of us think of the why me, like, am I good enough? I know (laughs) I keep talking about phrases I dislike and you know, imposter syndrome is one of those because I talk about that in another podcast about really turning that into a process because everybody goes through that pendulum of the why me? Am I good enough? Do I belong on the stage with those other people that have already proven it and I'm just trying to prove it. But think about what President Ronald Reagan used to say. And of course, he was talking about freedom and liberty in this statement, but this really can apply to just about anything if you really think about it. But when he was talking about who is a country, who would provide freedom and liberty, his phrase was, if not us, then who? If not now, when? So I'm telling you, really think of that phrase. Now I have that seared into my memory, but maybe write that down when you're thinking about going anywhere in your career and in, in even things not in your career you want to do and other people that have walked in that path. Well, who are they to do that? So think about that. If it's not going to be us, then who's it going to be? And if it's not going to be now, when is it going to be? There's no better time than now. You think about the old Japanese proverb, the best time to plant a tree is 20 years ago. The second best time is right now. So think about that phrase. Ask Ask yourself the same. Because here's the thing. When you're trying to achieve more, you already don't have it. You don't. Now, there's a stark difference of not getting something you really want and not getting something you really need. So in other words, if you can't pay the mortgage or you can't afford food, you desperately do need a job, right? I get that. But a higher level promotion or something new you're trying. Like I said, let's let's say you're running for a local office. Maybe it's a city council or whatever it is, doesn't matter, school board, you really want it, right? But you already don't have it. And it's not going to be the end of the world if you don't get it. Even on a promotional level at work, you don't have it. And if you don't get it, you don't have to sell your house just because you didn't get it. Yes, you're going to be disappointed. Yes, you're going to feel sorry for yourself for a little bit, but you already don't have it. So you really can't lose your focus over continuing to try to move forward because you get so wrapped up in the whole judgment piece of how people are looking at you. So as you're going toward anything, here's a couple questions I want you to to really think about. So you may want to write these down or if you're driving around, of course, you can always replay the podcast anytime you want. But just think about a couple of questions here. And this one sounds pretty simple, but why do you want what you want? Like what is the true motivation? And be honest with yourself. Is it more power, more money? Is it to serve others? Is it you are thinking super long term and this is one of those steps that'll get you there. And you really have to really wrestle this question down to the ground and decide because the answer to this question is really going to to be your compass. It's really going to be the direction you're going in on a constant basis. No matter what kind of different variables show up, this is the thing that kind of steers you in the way you want to go. Again, we can talk negatively when you think about politicians. What is really their motivation? I think most of us know for a good amount of them, it's really not to serve others or, or something in the future that's good. It's more about them in a lot of cases because there is just too much money and power and all that. And that's a whole nother subject I could go on for hours about, which you probably don't want me to. But either way, 
you really have to answer that simple question of why. Because like, let's say, for example, you want a promotion at work, right? And obviously it probably pays more and all that. And of course you want more money. But if it's just the money, you could actually expand that into, well, what other ways could I make money? Especially in this day and age, you, there's a zillion ways to make money, right? You may not even think about it, want to do it. And I was reading a, a quote from uh, Kevin O'Leary from uh, from Shark Tank. And, and and this quote's been attributed to so many other people. I don't couldn't tell you who said it, but basically they say that your paycheck is the drug they give you to forget your dreams. And not everybody can be an entrepreneur. I get that. But you do have to think about that. So when you say, why do you want what you want? If it's just money, well, there's a lot of ways you can make money. It doesn't have to be that. You can find grandma's old secret cookie recipe and start selling cookies to your local coffee shop. Who knows? But really wrestle that to the ground and find out the why to get your compass going. So once you have that compass in that direction, you got to start thinking about what are you willing to give. Again, you think about the movie Rudy, what he gave. Well, there has to be an answer to that give-get equation of you're going to give up something to get it. Nobody's just going to hand you this job or hand you this raise or more responsibility. Are there things with working more hours? Are there more travel? Are there more issues you got to deal with with people and it takes up a lot of your time and you have to give up other things in your life to get there and you have to be okay with that. And number three, are you coachable with all that? Again, I said coachable kids become employable adults and there's a a yin and a yang here. You need to be able to take it, but they need to give you the direction and the vision at the same time. So when you think about those coachable kids, well, of course, what do they all want? They want to be great athletes or they want to win the city championship or the state championship or whatever. So the coach is kind of hard on them, but they know it's it's that way so they can get better to win later. And I think that's a, a huge missing piece in a lot of companies today is they don't do that second part. They, they, they kind of say it like they say, well, you got to do all this stuff because we just need you to be better so we can achieve our goals and all that stuff. But they don't really get super specific about you as a person. And that's what more companies definitely need to do. And we talk about retention and things like that. And so many people switching jobs and starting things on their own. It's always that second piece that's missing. So on the one hand, you need to be coachable. On the other hand, employers, you need to give them the direction and the vision of why they're getting coached. Like, why is that important to them for their growth? So later they can help you achieve your goals as a company, but it's still about that person. So there's got to be uh, the yin and yang there of both of that. And then what about humility and curiosity? Like being a sponge with that. Because if you can do that, the coachable part becomes a lot easier because that's all about discovery of what you really want to learn and understand. Not constantly why do we do this? But when you think about curiosity is like, how does this connect to what we're trying to achieve? So you can see the dots connect and understand, like I've always said, daily behaviors and decisions should drive your team forward to what you're trying to accomplish. And they see those connections. That's where they understand and where you can understand that you matter. So you see, as you start going through some of these things, it really helps clarify the kind of judgments people are having about you because now you're starting to drift into the proactive sense of thinking about this stuff and thinking about where you need to be. So let's pivot in the other direction of instead of what do you need to be, think about it from their perspective, meaning whoever you're trying to convince. And here's a simple question. Why would they, the collective they, whoever they are, whether it's a company or whatever, but why would they hire a disruption? In other words, if you're not what they really need, why would they hire something 
that would disrupt them. They're going to hire something they need, they want, that can help them achieve whatever it is they're trying to do or feel good about who's on the team. So you really, and, and I know it's kind of a, why won't they hire you personally? I'm not talking about that yet. I'm just simply saying, why would they hire disruption? Never mind just about you, because you really have to, again, get it down to the right behaviors, and the right skill sets, and the right things that you bring to whatever team you're trying to get on. And if you don't have that, you're a disruption. So before you put yourself in there, think about them hiring something that's not right for them. Because if you were hiring, that'd be one of the things you'd be thinking about, probably at the top of your list of not bringing in something that would be a disruption. So you got to think about that. Then you start thinking, what are you bringing to their table? And you have to look at it that way. It's so many times we get in such a rush or such a, oh, I've got to prove how good I am and all of that. We don't think about what are you bringing to their table? You're asking to be on their team and you have to come from that perspective. Think about what a lot of marketers talk about, which is obviously super simple to understand, but most people either don't do it or don't understand it, is you talk about problems people have and you talk about how you solve that problem, right? I know if everybody could think of that, we'd all be geniuses and be rich, but it's kind of that simple. So when you think about joining a team, well, obviously there's a space there, whether somebody's hiring or you're trying to get on with some group or whatever. It could be a private thing. It doesn't have to be a job, but there's a space there, right? So what are you bringing to their table to fill up that space? They know they have a space. They know they want to fill that space, but are you thinking about it from their perspective of how do you match what they're faced with and what you bring to the table? And you should look at it in the exact same way that here's the challenges I see that you have Here's how I can help you with that versus here's just how good I am. And you you start to you start to subside some of that judgment when you're constantly talking about who they are and what they need. And that takes a little bit of recon. That takes a little bit of discovery on them a lot more than what you have. And just trying to convince them, oh, you should just hire me because I'm good or I've got this resume and I've got all these accomplishments and all that. They can read that. That doesn't really help them. They need to really understand you can solve whatever problems they're having. So you have to consider where they're coming from and what their position is on things in order to make yourself more bankable. That the judgment subsides because you're focused on them and how you can help them. So when it comes to stuff that you're really trying to achieve, there's really no way to totally eliminate all the anxiety and the judgment fears and things like that. But just like I've talked about in earlier podcasts, like with imposter syndrome, you got to turn it into a process and understand it is not the end of the world if you don't exactly get what you want, but you can really grow from it if you look at it from the right perspective and continue to grow yourself. So let me give you four action items that you need to do. So as you move through your life, professional, personal, whatever, you're going to constantly get better at what you're doing. You're going to constantly build your brand and, and eventually you will be that person that people want on their team or, or your known entity. So the first thing is you have to answer the give get equation right out of the gate. You got to know what are you willing to give to get what you want and where is that line? Because there are some people that will work 80 hours a week. There are some people that will work that nine to five Monday through Friday and expect every weekend off and holidays. And that's okay, but don't expect to be in charge of something super high level or make a 
tremendous amount of money, you can do okay. You can have a pretty decent life and you can be looking at it from the other perspective of what about life experiences? I think this is where millennials get a bad rap because that's a really driving force in that age group is when our big focus in my generation was as soon as we could buy a house immediately. Bought my first house when I was 23 years old with my wife. But millennials are more about let's travel, let's experience things, let's go places, let's do things. And that's okay. Any of that's okay. But you have to answer this question. What are you willing to give to get what you want. Well, in order to buy my house at, at, at 23 years old, uh, my wife and I worked a lot, insane amount of hours for me and quite a bit of work hours for her, plus finishing college at the same time. It was not easy. It was not fun a lot of times, but without really thinking about it, we were kind of answering that question of this is what we were giving in order to get where we wanted to go. Number two, what are you getting? Now, this is important because really, number one, you are you do have the equation of give and get, but now you really got to focus on what are you getting and does it really matter? So in other words, when you think about, okay, I was willing to give up a personal life to work more and now I'm getting a lot of money. Well, now you start to get that money, right? But after a while, is this really what you were after? Is this really uh, what keeps you going? Or maybe it was a job with a certain company you thought would just be it. And you get there and you find out it kind of really isn't. Or maybe it is. That's a question you have to answer. But after you solve the give-get equation, what do you want to give up? And then ask yourself, now that I'm getting what I want, is it really what I do want? Because it's one thing to say, oh, that's what I really want down the road. And you don't have it yet. It just looks great. But once you get it, then you're like, oh, is this really it? And then you can really start to decide if that was really worth it or not. The next thing you want to do is start associating with people that have walked the path you want to walk. If you are in a growth mindset and whether, again, whether it's for work, whether it's something personal you want to do, join a certain group, whatever that is, you can't, and, and this is really about just the mental mindset of in order for you to think bigger, you got to be around other people who already are thinking bigger or maybe even doing bigger things. In other words, if you want to grow and you're just around the same people all the time that aren't aren't growing, you can't expect yourself to grow. And that's not a dig on the people that you're around, but you just may have a different view on where you want to be in life. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you have to be okay with that. But if you're going to stay with us and, and there, either way, there's nothing wrong with it. Just like the first question I said, if that's what you want, fine. But you can't have it both ways. You can't expect to have growth or accomplish a ton of stuff if you're not around a bunch of people that think that way also. It just won't happen. But once you start doing that, once you start gaining some ground, building your brand, growing, whatever that is, number four, don't forget what you did to get there. Like I said, with imposter syndrome, with judgment, anxiety, all those things when you're trying to grow and it takes stages to get on stages and you start to get some traction, those things don't change. The variables change. In other words, how much money you make is a variable. How how much influence you have is a variable because it can come and go. But remember what it got, what it took to get, get you there and what it's going to take to get you higher or get you to stay there. Because once you stop doing those things, you're, you're not going to be able to stay in that position. It's almost like uh, you think about the, the what's called the Peter principle where people get promoted beyond their capability. Now, in a sense, there's a lot that could be beyond their capability. But really what you look at is... 
they stop growing. They just get stagnant and stay where they are. They forget what got them to where they are. So those are the four things you have to consider. But above all else, whether you accomplished it or you didn't accomplish it, what did you learn? What changed? What worked? What didn't work? Was it you? Was it the environment? I mean, you really got to break it down like that and really look at it almost from a nerdy scientific kind of way, because this is where you want to give up. This is where you want to not grow when you be emotional about it. When when you when you think it's just, oh, I'm just not good enough. Or, or when you really examine why somebody else got something you wanted or you didn't and what worked and what didn't work and simply change it. Simply do different things in order to achieve what you want to achieve. You've got to always be a student. If you want long-term growth, it doesn't matter how high you go. You have to continue being a student of what's next for you. If you aren't willing to do that, then you better be happy with who you are. And there, again, there's nothing wrong with that. But you, you, you don't, this may sound harsh, but you don't have a right to grow if you're not willing to be a student. You don't. But you are in 100% control of that. So above all else, always be a student. So go through these four action items. What are you willing to give to get? Once you start getting it, is this really the getting that you really wanted to get? Start associating with people who've walked the path you want to walk or think higher than you do so you can do that. And don't ever forget what you did to get there. Always be a student. If you can do that, I promise you, you will always grow into something else. Thank you so much for joining me for another show. Please share this podcast with your friends and colleagues and start up your own discussions on the topic of the show. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss a show. And check out the links in the show notes and give us a rating so we know how we're doing and five stars would be pretty sweet. So until next week, remember, you know you have to get work done with other people, but how you get done work with other people is entirely up to you.